Welcome to the Freedom Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are investing in your relationship with the Lord by listening to this message. Check out our YouTube channel for a complete log of all of our sermons. If you would like to know more about FC, visit our website at www.freedomfamily.us. God bless and remember that the best is yet to come. Happy New Year! It's good to see each of you here today. Thank you for coming out to Freedom Church. Look at the person next to you and say, Happy New Year. All right. So glad you are here today. Now, some of you may be brand new or you've only been here a couple times and you come in and you see these joyful people happy to see you. I assure you they're not drunk. They're not. They're just... They're just, they're just juiced up on the joy of Jesus. Can I get a witness? Let's give praise to the Savior, Jesus Christ, because He's the one who saved us from our sin and gives us life now and life more abundantly. So, it's a new year. We get a do-over. We get a new opportunity. We get a fresh start. So, no matter, listen to me, no matter what has happened in 2022, it's over. God is a God who specializes in a clean slate. So, I come right out of the gate with this brand new series talking about the new year and a fresh start. And over the coming weeks, if you will be here each week, okay, I'm telling you, those of you watching online, if you're in driving distance, man, the the Holy Spirit is thick in this place today. I'm telling you what, it's amazing. But those of you that's in driving distance, come here and be in person. How many of you like to see somebody in person? Give them some love. Say, we love to see you and meet you in person. Yes. For those of you that's tuning in online from here or far, everywhere, thank you for being there. But here's what I want to tell you. If you want a great life now and the great life God has for you, if you'll come over the next coming weeks, starting today, understand this. God is going to do something spectacular in your life for 2023. I believe that because he's a wonderful God. So out of the gate, starting out today, talking about getting your life back and taking your life back, what do you think can help you? have a fulfilled life? Ask yourself that question. What do you think can help you have a fulfilled life? Now, some people would say, well, you know, if I just had that financial stability. Or some people's thinking, man, if I could just find the right person to marry. Some of you may be thinking, if I could just trade in the spouse I'm sitting next to. Don't go there, please. Jesus, Jesus can do something about that, okay? All right? Or you may be thinking, wow, you know, I wish, you know, in my life that I could get a new job. Or I wish I could just have some friends. Or I, I just wish I could maybe get involved in ministry because I hear that the ministry is a good thing and, and they'll be able to start serving and doing things like that. I follow up with this question. Why is it there are so many people that they seem to be so miserable? Maybe that's been you at some point in time in your life. I think sometimes people, <laughs> they're struggling financially. They can't pay their bills. Or maybe there's people that they don't even really know how to have relationships. I mean, they're just not good at it. I didn't remember in high school having a relationship class. Or maybe they just don't even have a meaningful life because they've never looked for the meaning to life. You know, I, I know a lot of intelligent people, and they're unhappy. I know a lot of talented people. And they're broke. I know a lot of people, and you do too, that are handsome men and beautiful women, and they really don't even know how to have a healthy relationship. They can't keep one. Why is this? 
I could go on and on. It's simply this. The quality of your decisions basically is going to determine the quality of your life. That's what it is. See, when you think about decisions, can, can the decisions you make this new year help you live the life that you really want? Absolutely, with God's help. Some decisions that you and I make, we make them unconsciously. It's just what we do. Other decisions that you and I make day to day are things that you consciously want to think about. Some decisions you wish you could undo. Other decisions you wish you could redo. Maybe it's that bad relational decision that somebody warns you about not to date that person. Or maybe it's a situation that you've got these toxic friendships and, and you're trying to figure out a way to get away from them. Or maybe it's a situation where you made a career change, but now you're wishing you never updated your resume and could go back to the company that you were once in. Or maybe you're a parent of teenagers and you're wondering what to do because your teenagers are picking the wrong friends. Maybe it's a bad financial decision that you said to yourself, man, I need it. So you signed the condo lease. There's no way to get out of it. Or, or you got that interest, 0% interest on the credit card, but now it's 21% interest. Why is it such a struggle for people to make good decisions? Think about it. Every day, you and I make somewhere in the realm of thousands of decisions. Stats are subjective to what they are. One stat I read said up to 35,000 decisions. I'm thinking, I don't want to think that much, okay? That's just too many decisions. But here's the truth. From the time your alarm goes off in the morning, the first decision you make, do I hit snooze or do I hit stop and get up? Right? And then the decision journey begins. So here's what I know and I think you know. What can happen as the quantity of decisions go up, the quality of decisions can go down. See, also, some people, they fear so bad making a wrong decision. They fear so bad of, of missing God's will. You know, I don't, I don't know whether to change my major in school or not, because if I change my major, it's going to take on this particular kind of classes, and then I'm not sure if that's the career direction I want to go. Or, or, man, I don't know whether we want to buy this house or that house or that house or that house. I'm not so sure. We don't want to miss and get the right one. I, I want to get the right one. Or, uh, man, I'm not going to date any more dudes because all the dudes I've dated are duds. I mean, it just goes on and on. When you aren't sure what decision to make, you can end up living in indecision. Indecision will always be the enemy of progress. Always. Hands down. And on the flip side of that, we make a lot of decisions, and bad decisions come due to emotions. You never make a permanent decision based on an emotional reaction. It's going to turn out bad most every time. So no matter where you're at, based on the decisions that you've made behind you, today's a new day. Look at the person next to you and say, today's a new day. The prophet Isaiah had some very encouraging words to us for our time that we're living in even right now in chapter 43 in the Old Testament. Look what it says. He says, but forget all that. Say that with me. But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do, for I'm about to do something new. So 
if this is back here, I need to forget about it. God wants to do something new. What do you and I do? What does it look like that I can put myself out there to be able to do, especially when it comes to God? Even exploring the thoughts of living for God was pretty simple in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 3. Look what it says. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. What is, what is he saying here? He's saying, if I trust God by committing everything to him, I commit my life to God, I commit my marriage to God, I, I commit my dating relationship to God, I commit my parenting and I commit my kids to God, I commit my finances to God, I commit my business to God, I commit my career to God, I commit everything in my relationships and my friendships and my future to God. I got to trust God for that. Because when you commit your actions to the Lord, what's the outcome? Four words. Your plans will succeed. So what does that mean? Making quality decisions isn't guessing. It's not guessing with God's guidance. It's not guessing. And that's what the Word is talking about here. Personal decisions can be good, bad, ugly, and downright regretful without God's guidance. It's that important. Last year, when you think about the things that messed you up, was God guiding you in the things that messed you up? I don't think so. He wasn't guiding there. So, Jeremiah 10, I love what the prophet Jeremiah here says. He says, I know, Lord, that our lives are not our own. It takes a lot of people a hard time in their psyche to get that we don't own our lives. It takes a relationship with God to really understand that, that we don't own ourselves, no matter who you are and what you're doing when you do life. He says, we are not able to plan our own course. So correct me, Lord, but please be gentle. Do not correct me in, in anger. I would die. See, God's ability to guide our lives is far superior than our ability. His power can correct the course of our life if you allow Him to. It's up to, it's up to you to allow Him to do that. God's ways will always produce right decisions if you allow Him and say, God, I need for you to be able to help me with this. I commit my actions to you, God. You ever thought about the worst decision that's ever been made? You ever thought in that measure? You ever thought about the Titanic when it hit the rock, the iceberg? That they didn't leave the key to get the binoculars out of the box, therefore they're upstairs in that little thing that they were in looking with just their eyeballs and didn't have binoculars? Not having the key, one of the worst decisions ever made. <laughs> what is one of the worst decisions for all of humanity that's ever been made? Of course, we can think about of a lot of decisions that's happened throughout our world and, and things that, that have happened, but what about dumb decisions? How many of you here are like me, you have made a dumb decision before? Raise your hand. Yes, yes, I've made many dumb decisions. I thank you for being vulnerable to share that. When it comes to decisions, <laughs> I remember we were building a house. My middle daughter, India, was four years old, and we had this house framed up. 
and I was cleaning up and, and doing what I could do with it. And we had this huge hole out back that you throw your excess lumber and all your scrap and all your stuff in. And then it was a hot August day and, and it hadn't rained in a few weeks. And I thought, man, I've got to get this caught on fire in this five foot wide, six foot wide hole, eight foot long, about as tall as I am, six foot deep, full of all kinds of stuff. So with that being said, what do I end up doing? I thought, if I'm going to start this fire, I need to go get something that will light. So I went and got a can of dumb. <laughs> dumb as a box of rocks I was, the old saying goes. So I go and I found a lighter in the house. Some guy that was, you know, that was smoking or whatever must have left his lighter in there. So I go and get this gasoline. So I go over and take this five gallons of gas and I pour it all over this hole really, really good. And I'm going to do the safe thing after I pour all this gas all over this hole. And so I turn around and said, I got to take the jug about 30 foot back. That's the safe thing to do. I set the gas down. I take the lighter out of my nail apron. I had on knee shorts. I had on a cap, glasses, T-shirt. And I walked right over there to where it was. After I walked over there to do that, and I leaned down, and I struck the lighter. It didn't do anything. Oh, yeah, it did. It blew up. My daddy used to say that I made a bomb better than Hussein could have made a bomb when he was living. <laughs> they heard it from miles away. All I remember was darkness, and all I remember is my hearing in the darkness. I couldn't see. All I remember was the voice of my wife and the voice of my daughter screaming. And I kept looking for the light. I said, okay, Lord, I, I think this has gone bad. <laughs> so I said, this has gone bad. So I'm looking for the light. I'm looking for the light. I kept, okay, Lord, this is not good. Where is the light? I know I'm born again. I know my name's in your book. Where's the light, Lord? And all of a sudden, I come to, and I was back over here about where the gas can was, laying on the ground. My wife come over to me, and she's trying to help me up. It blowed all the hide off my leg, all the hide off my arm, burnt me. I'm everywhere burnt. And um, she just takes charge. And, um, and she gets me to the hospital. There's a lot of details to that, going down the highway really fast and all this stuff. And and she told me later that whenever the lumber blew out of the hole, high as the oak trees, she said, well, there goes my husband in pieces. And that's what she thought. So sometimes we can make some dumb decisions, but we don't have to. We don't have to with God's help. And today, when we think about the worst decision ever made, I have to go back to Genesis chapter 3. Now, chapter 1 and 2 of Genesis in the first of the Bible, life was good with Adam. Life was good when he got Eve. You know, the first time he sees Eve, he looks at her and says, whoa, man. You know, he's excited because he'd been around all the animals. He's seen someone who looked like him. Life is good. But then someone shows up in, verse, in chapter 3 in the first verse. It says, the serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? He's asking the question to create doubt. That's how the enemy will always come at you. He will try to come at you and create doubt in your mind, to doubt the heart, the mind of what God has for your life. So he says, she says, of course we may eat from the fruit of the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the, middle, from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. 
God said, you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. That's Eve's response to the enemy, to serpent, to Satan. And matter of fact, she added a little bit to it. He never told them not to touch it. He told them not to eat it. Be careful what you add to and what you take away from God's word. So Satan's response was, you won't die. The serpent replied to the woman, God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it and you will be like God knowing both good and evil. Do you notice what he said there? There was truth and what he was saying here that you'd know both good and evil. And so what Satan does, he will add a little bit of truth, a little bit of a lie, which equals spiritual disaster. You follow what I'm saying? So look at the next verse. The next verse here, the first four words says, the woman was convinced. Gentlemen, what do you do with a woman that is convinced? Absolutely nothing, okay? <laughs> You're not going to get anywhere. So it says, she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. Adam was given charge over the divinity of the garden and what he was doing. He was given charge. So, gentlemen, let me tell you something. Husbands of your wives, husbands-to-be of your wife, you're to protect your wife from the enemy who comes at her. Adam stood right there and didn't protect his wife from the wiles of the enemy. So, we as men and men of God are to protect our wives because the enemy's going to come at her. But he didn't do that, did he? He stood there, didn't do anything of the charge that God has given him. And his, that Satan comes against his wife. And next thing you know, they both eat the fruit. Now, where did the truth come? The little bit of truth where their eyes are open and what the Satan said? It says in verse 7, at that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So, they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. Wow. <laughs> The worst decision that's ever been made, sin come on to humanity like you and I. How did it happen? Not following directions. Not following the instructions that they had been given for their lives. Adam and Eve were separated from God by acting on their own. How many of you, don't raise your hand, there's things you've done and acted on your own and you know it separated you from the presence of God, from the power of God, from the purpose of God, from the joy of God. How many times has that happened to us? Because any of us at one time in our life had acted upon our own and this made an eternal decision of destruction. That's what happened. Sometimes decisions that we make we make them with plenty of time to consider those decisions. You write down the pros and you write down the cons and then you take time and you pray over it. However, that's not always possible with decisions that we make. Sometimes our decisions are made quickly and then everyone has to live with the consequences. The truth is decisions we make today can determine tomorrow's outcome, whether they're good, whether they're bad, or whether they are downright regretful. Some bad decisions you pay now and then you also pay for the rest of your life. Maybe you knew you didn't need to drink and you drank one too many and next thing you know you got a DUI charge 
Or you know that you wasn't supposed to do this, but you did and you got a felony charge. Or you know that you made some dumb decisions and now you're dealing with an ex-spouse, having kids, trying to make sense of two worlds. Don't you wish you could just undo some of the decisions that keeps causing regret in your life? Maybe it was a dumb purchase. Maybe it's a doomed relationship. He's a great guy, but you got involved with him emotionally, and he still lives with his parents at 35 years old above their garage playing video games. Maybe it's a situation where the, you have destructive habits. You ended up addicted to something you didn't think you'd ever get addicted to, and now you're trying to figure out, how am I, what am I going to do? This is chains. I'm in bondage. It's easy to convince ourselves it's good, but then it ends up being bad. And when you get your heart on something, you tell yourself, I want this, and you justify it, and you try to convince yourself that it's a need, not I want this, I need this. I need that DQ blizzard. I need that Whopper and fries, but I'm trying to lose weight. I don't know about you, but a DQ, a Hawaiian blizzard is to die for. Can I get a witness? When I drive through town right now, I took a 21-day fast. We started last week. I started with sugar. Man, it's killing me. Every time I drive through town, I got to turn my head so I don't see DQ because I think about the DQ blizzard. You think about these things that you do and what it causes you, and, and you don't even realize it, that these things are taking place. You're buying it. You're drinking it. You're taking it. You're going back out with them. Why do we deceive or lie to ourselves? Why do we do that? It's very simple. Jeremiah got it right here too. In chapter 17 and verse 9, he says, the human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? See, our hearts are deceitful and our hearts can be misleading because if you're not careful, God gives us all free will. He gives us the power of choice. However, our hearts can be deceitful. And so we just don't lie to ourselves. We end up deceiving ourselves. But people want to say, well, you don't understand, Pastor. They got a good heart. Really? Do they really? Do, do, do any of us really have a good heart? It's, it says here, desperately wicked who knows how bad it is. We don't know. That's why we deceive ourselves and we fail in making good decisions. I'm smart enough to know that I make dumb decisions. How about you? Smart people make dumb decisions. And that's why you go back out with him even though he told you he wouldn't hit you again. That's why you bought that vehicle because you thought you could pay for it and now it's, it's, it's stressing you out. Home or vehicle. That's why you said you'd only take one drink, but now you're hardly ever sober. Why do we make bad decisions and we should have known better? As a human race, we suffer with the same issue of the heart. Our hearts are deceitful and it seems hopeless. However, there is hope. Look at the person next to you and say, there's hope. Be truthful with yourself. Listen, be truthful with yourself, and this will bring about a clear picture for you. Stop making excuses and ask the why. And say, what do you mean? How many times have you made a bad decision in your business, 
and yet you wanted to make excuses because you made the bad decision to override the dumb decision that you made. How many times is it when I was a kid when I didn't do what my mom and dad told me to do and I made decisions about things that I wanted to do and I, then I would start making excuses. It goes on and on and on. Why don't you stop being abusive? Ask the why behind it. Why did you file for divorce? Why do you keep going out with him? Why did you quit your job? Why did you move in with them? Why, why, why did you stop going to church? Why did you stop praying to God who's on your side? Why did you stop reading your Bible? Ask yourself the hard questions, and if you will face the truth over accepting the deceptions that lead to bad decisions, stop making excuses. Stop trying to convince yourself by lying to yourself. This may scare you, but listen, for some of you, it's going to liberate you. It's going to empower you. And, and then you just take a pause for heart to heart with yourself and with God. Just take a pause. Because things are going to turn out better than you ever thought. So let's talk about that for a few moments. Let's talk about the divine direction that God has for our lives through making those godly decisions and this is how that if you will take this and understand this from God's word following his instructions you can have fewer regrets this year than ever before and you can have your best life now and forever first and foremost you got to believe that God has the answers you got to believe that God created you, and, and if you're here and you're not a Christian yet, I'm so glad you're here. But if, you, if you're searching, listen, God has the answers for your life. He spoke your life into existence. He ordered your steps before you were ever born. He has a plan, a purpose, and a direction for your life. He has the answer, but also He is the answer. Look what Proverbs 2 says here, beginning with verse 7. He says, He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. Get honest with God, and he's going to grant you common sense. The problem with common sense is common sense isn't too common anymore. That's the problem with it. He wants to grant that common sense, and he says he is a shield to those who walk with integrity. He guards the path of the just and protects those who are faithful to him. Then you will understand what is right, just, and fair and you will find the right way to go. you got to believe God is going to guide you in every decision in a divine direction. And what you do, you check every single decision that you make by the Word of God. If you want to know how to have relationships, look at the Word of God. You don't want to know how to handle your finances? Look at the Word of God. You know how to stand in integrity? Look at the Word of God. You want to live in faithfulness? Look at the Word of God. God will help you to be able to do that. What does that develop when you look at the Word of God and you put the Word of God in your heart to be able to push sin out of your life? It's about your values. What are your values today? Do you value integrity? Every time you go to say something and you get yourself pushed into a corner, you say, well, I, I, you know, I didn't mean to do it. I just told a little white lie. When do we give sin colors? What about your faithfulness to your spouse, faithfulness to your kids, faithfulness to God, faithfulness to his church? When you think about your generosity, are you selfish? You think, I work hard for my money, it's mine. 
I thank God for the generosity of this church over these past 20 years or we wouldn't get to be in them. Or aren't those seats comfortable? Sometimes I wished I could sit out there, you know, because they got to be comfortable. I watch you fall asleep. Yeah, yeah, you know. How about when it comes to your purity? Oh, Pastor, you're meddling now. You know, this is the 21st century, Pastor. Yeah, that's what the social media teach you, and this is the 21st century. You go out and don't buy the cow, you can get the milk for free. <laughs> that's what the world's going to teach you. I'm talking about purity. They'll teach you about being pure, following the instructions. Make God's word your life's values. Because when you have godly values, listen to me closely, your decisions are much easier. Much, much easier. So just knowing that God has the answers. But also you pray and you ask for God's wisdom. How can we be sure that God will answer when we ask him when we're facing a decision? How can we be sure he will help us in that direction? James 1 and 5, he says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He won't do it. Just simply ask him. That's all you've got to do. God will help you with any decision. Because when it comes to the decisions that we make that matter the most in life, understand that decisions always determine the direction of your life. And the direction of your life will ultimately determine your destiny. That's where it's at. So you believe that God has the answer for your life. You pray and you ask God for his wisdom. But then there's one more step in it. You seek godly influence. I don't know about you, but man, I've been influenced by some wrong people in my life. How about you? How many of you have been influenced by somebody, the wrong people in your life? I think we're all honest. We all will say at some point in time we've been influenced by the wrong ones. It says here in Psalm 37, in verse 30 and 31, it says, The godly offer good counsel. They teach right from wrong. They have made God's law, His Word, their own. So they will never slip from His path. you got to be really, really careful who you ever allow to speak into your life to influence you. If you're having some tough marital problems right now, or you're seeking to get married in your life, or get married again because you went through a horrible relationship, don't get your advice from somebody who's been married five times. Probably not a good person to influence you. Nothing against that person, but where's your influence coming from? You know, if you're having a struggle right now with your finances, and it seems you got more month than money, you probably don't need to get your advice from somebody that's filed bankruptcy four times. Probably not a good place to seek, but man, if you want to seek for godly help, you go to godly people that, that you know that they have committed their actions to the Lord. They're doing the very best they can. And they love you for who you are. They're, those people are going to be able to help you. And that's what we do here at Freedom Church. 
Listen, we have a group system of people all over this church that are in groups. Those of you in groups, raise your hand real high, real high. Stick them up fast. People in groups all over the church. Listen, if you're not in a group, you're missing out on a friend group that godly people. We have a pastoral system here that we're glad to help you with. We have a, a staff that's glad to help you here. Get around godly people. Maybe you need to change your friend circle, whatever that may be. Here's what I know. Your life is moving in the direction of the decisions that you're making right now. Do you like the direction that your decisions are taking you? If not, you got to believe that God has the answers. You got to pray and you got to seek God for his wisdom. And you've got to be able to get with God's people and seek to get people that are godly to give influence and counsel and be there for you and care for you and pray for you. Then and only then can you either get your life back or get the life he's intended for you to have. And with God's help and God's influence, we can determine our course of action before the moment of decision. See, the best decisions you ever make is what's important. The best decision that you'll ever make is what's important. You say, what do you mean? You're only one choice away from the best decision you'll ever make. If you're a person, and I want to talk, lean in, if you're a Christian, been a Christian, and gave your life to Christ, maybe you got away from God. Maybe COVID-19 it just was a wreck of a time for a couple of years, and thank God we're getting on the other side of it. But you got away from God, or you got away from God for another particular reason because of, a, of an influence that somebody had. Today's the day that that one decision today, today's a new day, that can make the difference in your life. The best decision we can make is the next decision that we make. Did you hear that? The best decision we can make is the next decision that we make. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Maybe you've never let him lead your life. If you will allow Jesus to give you a new, give you a new heart and a new start, man, I'm telling you, it's the best decision, the next decision that you make. You're just one decision away from changing your life forever. Think about this. Look at Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26. It says, and I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and give you a tender, responsive heart. A new heart and a new start. Think about that. Peace from the past. Power for the present and a purpose for the future. And God is in every one of our futures just waiting for us to get there. That's a God who loves us beyond what you and I can ever, ever imagine. Listen, if you're here today and you just feel really, really empty and you're always seemingly looking for something, then I'll tell you where you're at. You're at a divine crossroads today. If you'll give Jesus your heart or you'll come back to Jesus, he'll lead you step by step, decision by decision, because he loves you so, so much. And once your heart is with Jesus and you're doing everything you can do to follow his divine directions for your life, then there's no more guessing. 
God is with you. The challenge is this for you today. If you can be here these coming weeks, I really believe the lights is going to come on for some of you who have been struggling, and God is going to do some amazing things. Next Sunday, I'm going to talk about overcoming temptation. Anyone tells you they aren't tempted, they're not breathing. We're going to talk about it next week because everyone is tempted. So we're going to talk about how to be victorious over that, not be a victim of the, of the circumstance. And how many of you know someone that's made some bad decisions and they need God's divine direction? Would you raise your hand, made bad decisions? Bring them with you next week. Man, whatever you need to do. Mr. T them. You say, what do you mean, Mr. T? You know, those of you that don't even know anything about the A-team back in the day, just knock them out, tie them up, wake them up in here, we'll untie them, they'll be in the house of the Lord. Might be the best thing ever happened to him. It really happened to that one church I know of. They tied a kid up and brought him to church. He ended up getting saved, but it was all good. He didn't press charges after that. I made some bad, dumb decisions in my life. I was raised in church. Wonderful mom and dad who's in heaven now. I thank God for him every day. Gave my life to the Lord when I was 12. But I got around the wrong people. Ended up in jail at 18 years old. A lot of you know my story. I've told you that. I don't hide it. Those 20 days in that jail cell here in this county changed my life. Because I knew God had the answer. And I began to pray to him and ask him for his wisdom. I knew he had it. And then I knew I had to make a decision when I got out that I had to get around the right influential people. And I prayed and said, God, I'll do anything for you if you'll get me out of this dumb mess I got myself in. And I prayed. Secondly, I said, God, if you'll give me a good woman to give me the incentive to get away from that friend circle, I'll serve her till the day I die, and I will do anything in your kingdom you want to. And I look back all these years later, and I see your beautiful faces here at Freedom Church and what God has done. If God can turn a dope dealer into a hope dealer, just think about what he can do in your life. Because he's an amazing, loving, merciful, almighty God. So the decision is yours. It's up to you to decide what you believe, what you want to live for, what you're going to stand for, and the direction and your destiny for your life. And when your life belongs to Jesus. He will help you make one godly decision after another with his divine direction as God's help. And with his help for you and I, decisions today that you make will be a story that you're going to be proud to tell tomorrow. Would you stand with me as we pray? Father, we love you. We honor you. We cannot thank you enough for this amazing day. I thank you for this beautiful, beautiful group of people in your house today, God. God, I pray for each one of them, God, today. Lord, no matter what yesterday brought them and decisions that they make, we can't change yesterday. We can't change our past. But, God, you can help us rewrite our story and our future. God, may we trust you right now, God. Trust you to relieve our pain with your power. How many of you here would say that these decisions have haunted you and you want to ask God to rewrite your story today? 
by making the decisions that he would help you to do from this day forward. Just lift your hand real high across the auditorium. Just say, God, I need your help. I need to rewrite the wrongs. I need to make better decisions for his glory and honor. Maybe you're here and you're, you've, you've took your eyes off God and you've been a Christian, but you've just, you just kind of been like lukewarm. You haven't been where you need to be and things like things aren't going as well as they need to go. You haven't, you haven't really been seeking him about everything that you need to do, but you want to come back home to him today. Just lift your hand real high and say, man, I want to come back home to God today. I want to pray with you and pray for you today. Those of you that's Christians coming back to him or needing help with decisions. Father, right now, God, I pray and thank you, God, for every soul that is your child in this place or those maybe watching online. God, help them, God. I pray that you help all of us, God. But God, for those that's coming back to you, say, God, I'm coming home. I'm sorry for kind of getting out of your will and your way and, and not putting you in the center of every decision that I make. God, bless them. And I pray, God, that you would leave the people of decisions that's haunting them today. God, I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit that you'll help relieve the pain. Today's a new day, and the best decision is the one they're going to make right now, and that's to seek you with all their heart, mind, body, and soul. Bless them, Lord. May this year be the best year they've ever had because they're seeking your face more than they ever have. Maybe you're here today and you've never asked Jesus as we continue to pray to be the Lord of your life. You're not here by chance, friend. You're here because Jesus loves you and he gave his life for you. And let me tell you something. We're not saved by the quality of our decisions. We're saved by the grace of Almighty God who gave his life for each of us. So right now, as a Christians, you're praying. If you're here and you know that you've never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life for the first time, that's why you're here. You feel the convicting spirit of God on your heart. You feel him knocking, and you know you need him. You're one decision away from receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior and being born again because he's convicted you. Just lift your hand real high and say, I need to pray and invite him in my, in my heart today. Just lift your hand real high across there. Shoot your hands up right now. Just shoot it up and say, I need to, re- I need to receive Jesus as Lord of my life right now. Just shoot your hand up. God bless you. Just pray. And would you pray? Just tell him, say, Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for trying to do things on my own. I'm sorry, God, for trying to do it my way. I invite you into my heart. I ask you, Lord, to to touch my soul as you have, and I confess all my wrongdoing, all my sins to you. I believe in you, Jesus. Please forgive me and make me new. I'll follow you all of my days, Lord. I'll follow your divine direction, your scripture, your instructions. Savage me, Lord. Transform me, Lord. And save me, Lord. My life is yours. If you prayed that and you meant that from the depths of your soul, thank him for it right now. And he'll give you the power and the presence of his Holy Spirit. You will be the majority with God in your life. Father, thank you. You're such a good God. For those that's getting their life for the first time or getting their life back, bless them, Lord Jesus. Thank you for that. May this day from this point forward be the greatest and the best year of everyone's life because of your touch on their life and following you. And we pray this today in the name of Jesus. And everybody says... Amen. Let's give him praise, church, all right?